Hi guys, this is Kirsty. I am just popping in before we start the episode to let you know that we had some kind of mysterious audio issue with Kelsey's audio. Uh, so the entire episode, it sounds like she's speaking into a magic mic. We tried doing some digital restoration, as it were, um, and basically we were faced with either giving you this episode or recording it from scratch. And at the end of the day, we really liked what we did the first time around. So hopefully you managed to stick in and listen to it. It's a really good episode. It's our favorite episode of the year, as it is every year. Um, and we apologize for the inconvenience, but we hope that you're able to hang in and listen to it because it's a really fun one and we had fun recording it. And next week we'll be back with you for Pilot Palooza. So stay tuned and hopefully that time we'll have better audio. All right. Thanks for listening. Thought Bubble Audio. It's time to hate watch with us. Welcome to our show about the things we love and the things we hate and the things we love to hate. And this week we're bringing you, I think, the thing we love the most. It is our temple moment. Our temple moment. It's our annual tradition of the really fucking good television award shows for nice people only. It sure is. Yes. My dog is barking. Can you hear that? Your dog decided to be third chair today. <laughs> What's he mad about? Probably the neighbors came home. Oh, I think I've maybe only heard him bark a couple times. He barks when there's like commotion outside. I see. Such so, a commotion. You know, when the neighbor's driveway is about 20 feet from the <laughs> living room. So much commotion. And speaking of commotion, mm-hmm. we are here. To make a commotion about the best television we watched in 2020, because we know that none of the other institutions and powers that be will appreciate them the way that we do. That is true. But before we dive in, because I really appreciated your intro, and I don't want to take us back enough, but it's Quark Core time. Quark Core! I, oh shoot, I, compl- I got so busy prepping awards, I completely forgot about Quark Core. I have one for both of us. Okay. Letterkenny's back. Letterkenny's back. I haven't watched it yet. And with that comes the promo that came out that we didn't talk about yet. Oh, yeah. I haven't watched it yet. You didn't watch it yet? Not yet. I forgot. It specifically addresses a category of human thinkers that I have long found humor in, which is we need them star sacks. Yes. Before self righteous study brought kids at the time. Yes. And. Oh, I did watch this. Yes. Yes. They're not wrong. They're not wrong. They're not wrong. I mean, they rarely are, but they really are not wrong this time. <laughs> so anyway, um, apart from pilot Palooza spoilers, yeah. I let myself start an Outlander rewatch because I really just fucking earned it. And everybody yeah. else got to do the pre-Christmas Outlander marathon, and I didn't. So <laughs> I let myself start an Outlander rewatch. And 
I'm still in the pre-wedding days. And I just... I'm in the good place. And I gotta tell you, every time I watch season one again, I'm like, this is the good shit. Mm-hmm. It's like, I know in my heart that that's the good shit, but it's like, you don't feel it until you get to watch it again. Yeah, yeah. It's like coming home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I recently watched, I don't know, like one, two, and three episodes maybe of that season, but I like fast forwarded and only watched some parts. Yep. Yeah. That is the good shit. It's like doing the Sam edit of The oh, Spy Who Dunked Me. Which I, I almost let myself watch that the other day because I haven't done that in a very long time. So I that that's the last time we talked about it we didn't do it. Well, I noticed that it was on the DVR recently. And I was like, I feel like this is a sign from God, i.e. Kelsey, that I deserve to watch The Spy Who Dumped Me. It's here for you. And you know what else is going to be there for you? This is a very good core core. (laughs) I was just looking for channels because I have cable and it's a thing you can do and sometimes you get gifted with mafia here we go again. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And Kelsey got to hang out with all of our young dads. I did for like 15 minutes. It was great. So I left our young dads for you. Aww. Did you get to see our fun young dad? That's the real shame of it all. Yeah, but the DVR can capture it. Okay. Then we'll have, we'll have our young dad. It's fine. Yeah. Like, we have two versions of a princess for Christmas <laughs> because I'm so scared we're going to leave one. But somehow it's a glitch and it's going to leave them both. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway. <laughs> These are important things for posterity. It's true. Speaking of posterity. Yeah. Let's talk true. about this year in television. Let's do awards. Let's do awards. Yay. Um, oh shit. I don't think I have a notepad down here. I usually take notes. I'll have to type my notes. So sloppy. Uh, so know. sloppy. Unprofessional. Oh my. Okay. Um, so the rules of this, which are different than the rules of Pilot Palooza, are that it can only be television that aired in the year of our Lord 2020. Yes. No loosey goosey stuff. No loosey goosey stuff, because then we're just avoiding everything all the time. <laughs> which certainly has never happened in, in this very well regulated show. Never. Never. We did make a couple of. Yes. And I've been trying to shoehorn that rule through for a long time. Yeah, I, I know. It was time. It was time. And we're also, based on the timeline of when we make this episode, we're including late December content moving forward in the following years. Yes. So I, also, so I can work with it next year. <laughs> well, that's what I was wondering, like, if Bridgerton was going to count... And this season of Letterkenny, and, like, I also got concerned about season eight of Letterkenny because I couldn't remember if we had managed to capture it last year or not. We did not. Um, so that comes out for Christmas every year, so that's only December. Yeah. It's not fair to expect us to have questions. No. Right away. Not only could we not watch it right away, but 
if if we could, it would be like all recency bias all the time. Like I'm already guilty of that every year. So anyway, yeah, that doesn't count yet. Save it for next year, Kelsey. It won't count next year. They won't. They might have another season next year. All right, let's get into it. You want to go first? Oh boy. Sure. Okay, I can't. I can't remember who went first last year, so I'm just giving it to you. (laughs) Turns out we don't keep notes on these kinds of details. No. Um. Okay. We're keeping the categories we've had for the past few years, so these will be familiar to our loyal fans who have definitely listened to every award <laughs> Definitely um, every single one. Yes, so the first award is for Wildest Ride, uh, which can mean a lot of things. And I was torn about this category probably the most. Probably because I realized it was a category about 15 minutes ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think I'm going to nominate Supermarket Sweep. Okay, that is a wild ride. I'm I, being taken on a wild ride right now. Well, see, that's how I kind of felt it because <laughs> I wasn't ready to love a game show in 2020. I wasn't ready for the energy that Leslie Jones is bringing to a game show in 2020. I wasn't ready for, like, the amount that we get invested in mini games in my living room. <laughs> like, it's just, it's delightful. And it's fun. And it's, watching, watching people, like, crash grocery carts into each other is a wild ride. I will say that I would never have guessed in a million years that Twitter would have appreciated it as much as it did. It's fun. And it's, it's fun because Leslie Jones, like, shouts at people. And she's like, why are you taking that? It's only worth five minutes. Like, what are you doing? And so she just criticizes people, and that's, like, not fun. <laughs> it's amazing. It's very good. Well, my wildest ride is, is something completely different entirely. And that is the season finale of Outlander. Whoa. Which was, I feel like, a layered wild ride and not, like, a fun one. Like, you are over there having fun crashing your grocery carts into things. And I'm in, like, a trauma den under a blanket. You are. <laughs> you are. It was a wild ride because I've read all the books, and so i known this was coming for a long time. Like, I think I've got to this point sometime in like season three or early season four so like i'd known for a long time um and so i was stressed because by this point in the run of the show i've lost enough faith in mustache (laughs) b roberts and co that i like i already didn't like this storyline i already am mad at diana gabaldon for it so I really didn't want their take on it. Right. And then the way they restructure the last, like, three episodes of the season is also just, like, so buck-fucking-wild. Mm-hmm. And then there are timeline changes that I wasn't ready for that have me asking some wild questions about the next several seasons. Like, I don't know. The whole timeline is falling apart. And then, <laughs> out of nowhere, this episode was good. 
I still don't like it. I'm still not okay with it, but it was like, yeah, in terms of how television is made, it was a good episode. I too was thrown by the last two episodes of this season being like, do I like it? Yeah. Like, I don't agree with these story choices, mm. but I can't take issue with the creative choices in telling them. Right. And I, that is, the, that's maybe the wildest ride of all. Yeah, because it's right when it starts up at the top of the roller coaster with Matthew <laughs> Roberts telling us that we don't appreciate it, so we should watch it again. <laughs> Two different episodes he says that about, and it's yeah. like Matthew B. Roberts. <laughs> is the plot right Matthew Roberts playing us through this yeah. season? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> these are so different. Who do we want our winner to be? Matthew B. Roberts is the wildest ride of 2020. Yes. <laughs> do not. Do not Oh, no. Oh, no. Yikes. All right. Our next category is favorite Canadian person. Mm-hmm. And this is the category where I run to regret, but not regret. Oh, my God. This is the category I look forward to the most every year. <laughs> So, um, I had three different people I wanted to nominate. Wow. Okay. Um, uh, I'm going to hold, I'm going to reserve one. Okay. Um, it'll come back into play. Uh, the other one though was Annie Murphy and I think I nominated her last year, mm-hmm. but I couldn't remember. So I just didn't just in case, um, the choice I ended up making was a package deal. Okay. And that package deal for favorite Canadian is Riley and Jonesy, i.e. Dylan Playfair and Andrew Herr. Wow. Yeah. Do you know I didn't want to think about learning your favorite Canadian person after we talked about that? That was... <laughs> That was immediately where I went with it was like that in Shit's Creek. I was like, these are all the best Canadians in the world. Wow. Um, all in in two television lineups. But I just think that Riley and Jonesy are like our patronuses. And Ferda. Ferda. That yeah, Ferda. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Um, my nominee is partly nominee just because I needed this acknowledged somewhere in this lineup and I moved it around a lot and ended up here. But my nominee is Captain O'Hara because of Mortar Rose's Pope outfit in the series finale specifically. I was wondering when the Pope outfit was going to come into play. I had it in most of that visual for a while. I wondered that. Yep. I had investigated high-end finishes for a while. Oh, that is a good high-end finish. Yeah. It, I feel like Riley Jersey is the winner in this category, but <laughs> not her really, to the Pope outfit. Maybe the costume is the designer. 
<laughs> the costume designer on Schitt's Creek is our favorite Canadian. <laughs> they probably, I mean, they've got to be, most likely. Well, let's see. Costume designer. Shit's great. Anything could happen. Looking up this person. There's that Pope hat. Um, this is an interview. Yep. Canadian designer Deborah Hansen. Yay! So, another favorite Canadian, Deborah Hansen. <laughs> Thank you for all that you do. Yeah. <laughs> all right. For the win, Berta. So, got to get those W's. So different. This is like this is our coziest award. And if ever there was a year when we needed some little Higgy. spirit of little higgy it's even less high pressure than they got which is yes and it's still like kind of an anonymous little show so i feel Mm -hmm. like you can appreciate it in a different way because i feel like great british bake-off went downhill the moment everybody discovered it Mm. like these shows yeah but like these shows in particular because the reality tv like thrive better when they're still like kind of hidden in their natural environment when but when you, yeah. But then you like thrust them into the mainstream, and they suddenly mm-hmm. just become normal reality shows. Yeah. Fair enough. Wasn't yeah. there an episode where they had to make pottery toilets? Yes, they made pottery toilets. They had to be <laughs> flushable. They also made pottery um, sculptures of nude models. And yes. Channel Four or whatever channel this is on uh, had no. But it's pottery. It's not like lewd. I want you to like my dad. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> There's no way your dad's mature enough for that. boobs now that's so good were they male models yes oh that's fine they were both oh great yeah lots of dicks (laughs) oh my god that's really funny (laughs) well my nominee is uh is miracle workers Mm. 
I sewed a lot of face masks while watching the show. You did. <laughs> if that gives you any kind of point in time reference. Mm-hmm. But also, I just think like, I mean, we talked about it in our Miracle Workers episode. This is not groundbreaking television. It's not like mediocre by any means, but it's not like high up on anybody's radars. It's just like good, solid TV and it's happy and it's fun and it's low hanging fruit and everyone's just like living their best lives making it. And that to me is the spirit of Lil Hanky. The spirit of Lil Hanky is definitely on record with like Jason James or Ducks or whatever they are. Oh, Prince Johnsley and all his ducks. It's so good. It's so pure. It is good. That's a good I feel like these are both winners in their own right. They are. <laughs> I don't know the math for Ari, but it's fine. Alright, well, I won the last two, so I'll give you this. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Yeah. So next up is the one that I struggle with almost every year, and mm. that's most cinematic visual in television. Mm. This year... I'm coming in hot with, like, a rationale. I've got a thought about this one. And that cinematic visual is one that we come back to over and over again, and that is the big house on Fraser's Ridge in Outlander. Whoa. 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 So they built this big-ass house on the ridge, and it's got like three stories and a wraparound porch and hundreds of windows just mm-hmm. so many big ass windows <laughs> as if it's <laughs> so true That's how it works. Uh, so true um and it's like it's so in the books they have a big house but it's not i just found a sticker on my leg that i don't remember my child putting on me <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> That's the wildest ride. <laughs> there's two of them. Hold on, there's two of them. Okay. <laughs> I got all the stickers off. I was like, wow, my leg is so itchy. Oh, I don't know when she put them on me. <laughs> anyway, so this big house is in the book also. But in the book, it's like a modest big house. It's like they call it the big house because originally they built a small house. And then yeah. when they had more money and resources Mm -hmm. they built a bigger house so they call it the big house because it's bigger than the one they had before in the show they were like it's the big house so we have to make it a mcmansion (laughs) and they put it in this like sprawling meadow that would have taken like three years for the kind folk of fraser's ridge to clear and i think like I feel like we go from a mentality in Outlander where it's like, let's be in the spirit of the time and have everyone's t-shirts be dirty and whatever, to being like, let's have this big sweeping homestead and it's so romantic and like, look at this beautiful visual that we use as establishing shots 95 times an episode in case you forgot. That they own a homestead. We had a decent drone budget. So look at this beautiful house. <laughs> and all of her shit is from like Pottery Barn. Like she's got those dumbass domes that she's like putting pounds and pounds of bread inside. Right. Anyway, it's like, like 
at one time, I feel like Outlander was more TV-ish in the sense that it was trying to be more practical. And now I feel like it's trying to be more cinematic-ish in the sense that it just wants to be big and beautiful and not really worry so much about the practical matters. That is my thesis. Mm. Okay. Interesting. The cinematic nature of it lies in something more aspirational that the narrative wants to tell you visually. Right. As opposed to... Not really, like, this right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's my entry. Well, it's fascinating that you would propose that as the most cinematic visual in TV this year because I also chose something from Alexander. Mm. But I chose the 60s house set from the finale. Ooh, two houses! Mm-hmm. Ooh. <laughs> um. <clears throat> Four reasons that you already discussed in some detail that episode has like stuck with me for a long time, mm-hmm. and it's more than just the house, right? It's the really good song that they play a lot, and it's like the narrative that they're doing around the house. But the house itself—it's gorgeous—and the like way they bring people into it and their costuming and all like the whole package is very cinematic and they use it in a way that's not like typical of their style of storytelling and filmmaking like they're using it they don't do dream sequences really besides like bunnies and beetles (laughs) (laughs) and so it's like very out of place for them but they did it really well and it was almost one of those things where you watch it and you're like, actually, I want this version of the show. Yeah, sometimes Outlander can be good. Mm-hmm. Let Outlander be good. Like, let them be hot and dance in a little 60s house. Yes. With the good makeup. Yes. I want that. Give them the good decor. Give them yeah. the good makeup. Yeah. Give us no, some episode structure. <laughs> just did like the exploding head emoji. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> yes. It is. It's all about that mid-century fucking. That's good. Oh boy. Oh boy. Okay. Okay. You're up. Kisses past Malawishida 
in the car. Oh, wow. Tell me more about this. It's just great. It's like all your teenage, like, hopes and dreams that you have that never ever come to fruition actually happen. Yes. He is hot. That's very cute. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy, are we ever. The way they. You knew it was going there, but you also didn't actually know it was going to go there. Right. I'm I'm telling you, I gasped out loud. I was like, that's so cute. And so romantic and so fun. Aww. We were all so proud of her. We've all been Mm -hmm. awkward teenagers. Um, so mine is, I struggled with this a lot this year. I don't feel like television was romantical this year, Mm. except the one thing that did me in was another house, except this house was in Canada. And this is the house that Patrick buys for (gasps) David (laughs) in Schitt's Creek. (laughs) I feel like this is like when everybody thinks about the Jim and Pam house thing. I think this is what they think it is. And it's not, folks, in case you're wondering. It's not that. It's very much not that. Um, But it's it's like the realization of that thing. And it's so sweet. And there's that moment where David and Stevie are sitting on the car and they're talking about the house and looking at the house. Mm-hmm. And I, there's hijinks and it's just such a good episode and it's such a beautiful thing and it was so sweet and I just love them so much. I love it so much. I don't I care love, about I couples very often, I but I love them. Women. Yes. Oh, I love them. I'm so happy for them. I was in a place, like, when I was putting together this list too, where I Shit's Creek was so early in this very, very long year, but yeah. it's almost like, it was fine, but it was a long time ago, but now that we've gone, we just, like, accidentally started season five again because of Netflix Shuffle, so I'm, yep. like, getting back into it, and I'm like, okay, this is good. It was so, so good. good. I, it. I remember very little from this year for a variety of reasons, yeah. and Shit's Creek season whatever this is, six is one of the few things that I remember happening this yes. year. It was very important to me. It was important. It was That's so cool. I'm glad you brought that to us. Yay. Yay. Uh, now, this is mine next, right? Yay. Now it's our favorite award of the year. Yay. <laughs> um, I had several men I wanted to nominate this year, so Whoa. I'm I'm bringing two. Whoa. I'm bringing two. Is one of them our young hot dad? I thought about bringing our young hot dad. That's fair. I actually have two. I can bring two to the table. Okay. Well, I'd like to give an honorable mention to our young fun dad. Yeah. Our young fun hot dad. Q Skinner. I don't know if he was on TV this year, but we can see. What was that thing you sent me a snap of the other day when you were like, he's a girl who can only do one? The full artist. Oh. Okay. Well... Was it, he was, what did I just watch him in the other day? He was Wizards. in that, yeah, that was this year, wasn't it? I don't know. That's a couple seasons, so. Maybe. 
It's okay. It's fine. Anyway, Hugh Skinner, our young, hot, fun dad. Um, he is six foot, I think. He's, he's tall enough. Yeah. <laughs> so my two actuals. And, oh yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So is he hot or is he tall? Yeah. Is the award. And this is in honor of the game that we play year round, which is is this man hot or is he just tall? Yes. And that is why we are constantly Googling the heights of men. Mm-hmm in all of our episodes. So this award is typically dedicated to men who are both hot and tall, but sometimes men who are just hot. Right. Which is the spirit in which I bring you two men today. So the first man I'm going to bring you is Nicholas Holt, who was in The Great. He's hot and he's 6'3". Yeah, yeah, he's hot. He can fucking get it, and he, he he was so good in the great. And even though he was playing this like despicable, disgusting, like horrifying human, he was so hot doing it. Like he just brought this like serious BDE to the role, and it was just like, "Hello, sir." <laughs> I'm glad to be spending time with you. Oh, yeah! Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Yes, I 100% am on board with that nomination. Yes. He's also so fucking funny without even trying. Mm-hmm. He's just got great comedic timing. I'm going to get back to the show. It's so good. I actually kind of want to watch it again. There were several things I would have nominated it for if I could have remembered it better. Because <laughs> that was during a time when I did not remember much about my life. No. Um. No. But anyway, great show, hot man. The second man that I'm bringing... Well, actually, let's do this in draft format. You bring your first man. Okay, my number one man in 2020 is Darren Barnett. See, this is why I let you go, because that was my second man. Who plays Patsy So hot. He is 5'11". Yes. He's like 30 or close to it, so we're allowed to say he's hot. Yes. He's so hot. He's so... I was so worried when we were recording that episode. I hadn't looked him up prior. Mm. Because I was like, God, he's so hot, and I'm too old. But he's, like, our age, so it's yeah. actually, like, A-OK. And I appreciate so much that he's 5'11", because sometimes yeah. you just want him under mm. the line, and that he's so hot. So hot. He's so hot, he doesn't even need to be tall. He's just hot. I mean, 5'11's still tall, but it's under the line. I have so much other one I'll bring to the table just to balance out this little thing here, unless you have one more. No. You have. Uh, is James Marsden. Hmm. He's been hot for a long time. He's 5'10. Is he really? And he was, I was thinking specifically of Destiny. And he plays two characters in Dead to Me, not unlike our Vanessa's husband yep. in The Princess Switch. Yep. again. And he's great. He's just awesome. He's so funny and he's hot. He's really He really does. Hot. He has yeah. tall man energy. He's hot. Yeah. And all right. Yeah. Look at all but of these. It wouldn't be an award season without this acknowledging 
Mr. Hot and Hot in perpetuity, Sam Hewen. Who was very hot this year. <gasps> Which I almost forgot to mention for the second episode of Ralph. Ooh, ooh. Pew, 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 pew. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> Guys, we've been on the SMS for the week, and we are here to report to Yes, feeling more and more confident about that. There was like three solid weeks on the beat where all Google cared about was the fact that Priyanka and Sam kissed. (laughs) My favorite part of it is there are all these pictures of them kissing with Sam holding a phone behind her back because it's text for dick. And so I guess the whole point is that they're texting. I don't know. But he's like kissing her and looking over his shoulder at his phone. And Google's like, but Priyanka is kissing this actor and she's married. And the whole time I was like, but what is Sam looking at on his phone? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a lot then. So. Yes. Yeah. This has been your mid awards <laughs> update. <laughs> we should also probably acknowledge our in memoriam. Mm. The only shows I can think of for our in memoriam this year is just Creek in the Good Place. Yes. Which I think that's I think that's right. Yeah. That's all I can so, think of also. RIP, I've not summoned up the courage to watch a good place finale. I don't know if I ever will. Hmm. I have an interesting <laughs> thought about that later in the show. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> um but yeah. Anyway, yeah. back to your back to your regularly scheduled content. Yeah. Unless we want to talk about sleep. Which I do. Her <laughs> outfits are just bananas. Like, I just love so much that Celine Dion has had this insane life where just, like, everything has happened to her. And now she's just in this, like, prime of her life where she's yeah. rich yeah. and she's famous and yeah. she has, like, steady jobs and she knows who she is and she can just stand on the street in head to toe, like, riding bodycon dresses. Yeah. <laughs> And just live her Ralph Lauren dreams. It's so incredible. I can't wait to see her play itself. I can't. Wait, I'm so excited. (laughs) The music and influence of Celine Dion. Thank God. What a time. Speaking of the music and influence Uh, of folks, what's our next category? This This is your turn. This category is the most Michael Schur moment, which is awarded to anything that gives you the feels of Michael Schur. It doesn't have to be a Michael Schur product. Yep. In this case, I am nominating a Michael Schur product. Woo! Which is the Parks and Rec COVID special. Oh my god! <laughs> yes! Oh my god, speaking of things we forgot happened to us. <gasps> That game was, like, at the time when we needed it the most, and it was truly Michael Scherzer just rallying the troops for us. Yes. And, like, we all needed that sing-along. We did! And I was so, like, annoyed at the people who were like, oh, it was only okay. Like, it was never meant to be no. television. It was literally <laughs> just meant to, like, give us an hour to hang out with some old friends. 
Yes. That's all it was. It wasn't deep. No plot of the story, so you imagine, but we all no. did. <laughs> Everyone did from Bonnie Yes, we did. It was just so nice to see a bunch of friends. It was a dark time. It still is, but it's right? not. <laughs> it's, it's slightly different now. Slightly. Things are different. Yeah. Not better. Just Probably worse. Just different. But for sure different. And back then, this is what we needed. Yeah. I don't think we would need it now. No. We're stronger people because of the Parks and Rec yeah. <laughs> It got us through this far. Yeah. I just think that Michael Schur's, like, temple is friendship. And yes. And showing his friendship to us all. And he, I think, like, the thing that he understands is that, like, sometimes there's nothing else you can do except be like, friends are nice. We're here to check on you. We care about you. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It's just sort of like this very basic, like, weighted blanket of love. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. my, that's my Well, that won, but <laughs> for, the, for the sake of the format, um, <laughs> the one that I chose was the season finale of Letterkenny. Specifically, oh. the shot where they all leap out of the back of, like, five different trucks Mm -hmm. to rush the guy. Mm -hmm. The guy Hallmark? The guy, our Hallmark guy. (laughs) Because he deserved it. Um, (laughs) Because it's, like, it's not just her brother, and it's not just her friends. It's, like, everybody that they are all friends with rallied at the drop of a hat. Yep. Because they promised all season that they would. Yeah. And just, like, that shot of her center frame, like, standing there looking so distraught, and then all of them just fucking, like, rushing out of these trucks like a waterfall. Yeah. <laughs> like, we fucking got you, and I love it. I do. I think about that scene all the time. All it was, a, it was like an okay year for friendship, all things considered. It was. It was. <laughs> all right. So next category is written in my notes, because this is an old spreadsheet, as the time you got the most got in 2017. And I will say that the time I got the most hey. got tonight was when I saw the numbers 2017 <laughs> and was like, when was that? <laughs> what was the time you got the most got uh no i deleted the note oh, yeah. um i was just got by the idea that 2017 never existed no, that's fair. uh okay but my the time i got the most got in 2020 was the final like two to three episode arc at the end of never have i ever Mm-hmm. that last like the last half of the second to last episode into the last episode yeah because i i mean kelsey warned me the show was going to give me feels like when you saw uncontrollably i didn't yeah i didn't know that i would then spend two and a half hours like sitting in the corner of my sunroom piled in half sewn face masks mm-hmm. just like crying <laughs> It's it's not an exaggeration. (laughs) I 
have been like at my dining room table sewing away and then i at some point like got distracted so i'm like sitting at my sewing table holding this mask like looking at my computer and then it ended and i just like sat there sobbing mm-hmm. with my face mask like still in my hands <laughs> i just didn't see any of it coming mm-hmm. it like it that show is a fucking trojan horse and it took me to places I didn't know I needed to go. And like, god damn it. Isn't that what art is all about? Mm-hmm. Surprise, television is art. Surprise. <laughs> That's a very good thing. And I feel like while Pax and Hell Good Data is represented well here, <laughs> that show is not what it needs to be. It's such a good show. It's so, so good and so pure. My nominee is was a personal attack, which was discovering the show Marvel People. <laughs> <laughs> this took you on a ride. Like speaking of wildest rides. I completely forgot this show existed, but this did consume like a long period of time for you. I've seen it twice. I'll watch it again. <laughs> I knew, I thought it would be pretty good, I knew anything about it. I watched the first episode, panicked, got the book from the library immediately, read the whole thing, and then allowed myself to go watch the show. Both were great. They're not for everyone. You, like, immediately decided it was not for me. Yeah, I did. I think I needed every second of it, honestly. (laughs) But you loved it so much. It was so pure. I love it so much. <laughs> and they got the most copies. I've never felt so represented in television in my entire life. I don't think that's a compliment, but. <laughs> but it was I your felt, moment. I felt like my relationship was captured in ways that I was alarmed by. And. Yikes. Just, just the big old yikes. <laughs> big old yikes. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I love that show. But I was definitely. I got caught. You did get God. I would like to see more. Okay. Because we both got God. There. So God, I, I, there, I had no idea it had it in it. I thought it might. It's not what you sign up for when you watch the pilot, but not in a bad way. <laughs> it's just like they're like, hey, we are using the narrative structure to get you invested into a storyline. You know what? I'm gonna double down. Great. Because in addition to that, and as part of that, this was like the second time that television has made me cry over an E2, and I resent it in every fiber of my being. That's terrible. Yes. What was the other one? The Americans. Oh God. It's uh, it's upsetting. That is upsetting. But yeah. yikes. It's offensive. No one should ever use YouTube. No. Specifically it's, not when you're trying to evoke feelings. No, that's a, an association that none of us want to have. Mm-hmm. No. That's how I cried on my for like a year, because every time it was on the radio, I was thinking of the Americans. It's just like, <laughs> oh my god. It's not good, it's not good. Yikes. <laughs> um, ooh, this is 
my favorite category. Although, okay, this is kind of where the most important thing you hear to be missed, which is usually my opportunity to shame, shame her publicly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and I'm just gonna say I had a really hard time coming up with something for you this year because you watched so much TV. I did such a good job. And you think you didn't watch a lot of TV, but you actually did watch a lot of TV. I just don't remember any. <laughs> but I was a good little TV girl. You were. Yay. <laughs> um, but the show that I did for you, I was really thinking like. I did miss that. It's I've I've seen it on Twitter, but I haven't internalized anything about it. It's about vampires who. Oh, that's right. Who live in. But like in a fun way. In a fun way. Yeah. Like knowing way, and it reminds me kind of to of like miracle workers' sense of humor, and. Yeah, it's fun. It's like awkward, but not in a like yucky way. It just—it felt right. It felt like felt like the pick for you. Oh, and right. I feel like you need to be up on the Twitter conversation. In this. I feel like I do because I feel like it's one of those things where Twitter slips it in there, and if if I knew anything about it, I would catch it more often. Yeah. But be- and you because I don't. Name, it- huh? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I think it's, it's fun. It's a 30 minute show. It wants nothing from you. It's true. It's really checking what boxes that it made me about. That's true. That's so, so valuable. <laughs> that was my nominee. Excellent. I love that. Well, once again, I'm bringing two to the table. <clears throat> and I'm bringing, I'm bringing one that is kind of open for discussion. And then I'm bringing one that I feel like is a little bit more real, but bends the rules. Mm-hmm. So my first one is... <laughs> you're going to have such a reaction to it. Uh, my first one is Tiger King. <laughs> no! I'm not bringing it because I think I should watch it. I'm bringing it because, number one, I think it's incredible that I missed it at the moment that it <laughs> captured everyone's imaginations because this was like one of the first things that happened in core core for like most yeah. people in society and yeah. my all of the group chats i was in at the time were so saturated mm-hmm. in tiger king mm-hmm. and i just like i you know i'm the kind of person who like made kale chips today like i i get into like fads you know yes and so I just, it seems like the kind of thing that I would have done, and I just mm-hmm. didn't. And I just think that there's, I feel like there's some part of 2020 I'll never understand at its core because I miss Tiger King. I watched exactly like one to one and a half episodes. And I, I thought it. you didn't watch it. I know. That's as much as I watched, and I oh. had enough. And I was like, no, it's not the content I, mean, I, I I don't think it's for me, which is why I think I avoided it successfully. But I also just think it's incredible that I avoided it. I think it's for... <clears throat> I hope no one listening takes this the wrong way. I think it's for the Game of Thrones 
Okay, that tracks. That tracks with so much of my group chat experience. Yeah. <laughs> um, my more serious one, though, and this is bending the rules a little bit because I saw some of the season, but not all of it, is the finale of The Good Place. Wow. So I think I, think I only... I think we did, which could explain why we've never talked about it. Um, I think I only made it like two or three episodes into the season. And then I didn't stop watching it on purpose. I think like I just got distracted. Yeah. Um, Because if I I can't remember exactly when it came out, but I feel like it was at a time when like shit was getting real at work. Um, So I just like put it down and never came back to it. And I just feel like I've missed out on something very significant and I need to get back to it. But now it's like been so long and I'm rusty. And I also know from the cultural conversation that the finale, like, gonna get you in those feels. Yeah. See, the finale is also an hour. Whew. That's a commitment. I I feel like it came out right during the pandemic times where we just delayed enough that by the time pandemic times were like coming around I was like I don't know that I want to deal with an hour of uh, mortality boy let's see the finale aired on January 30th Mm, so we were just fine on the cusp of shit getting weird but I had been behind I was like a full season behind at this point so I had to catch up and Anyway, it doesn't matter. We were behind. And then by the time we got to it, you're right. We were in pandemic times. Yeah. Yeah. So we both missed that. That's so funny. <laughs> Is that fair? I think it's because we both missed it. The first time ever, ever. that I get to put Kelsey on blast for I missing something. <laughs> I actually was thinking that I should be put on blast for not finishing the race also. That, I, I mean... I. I can understand people who dropped out of that show. I think it's a great show. I had a hell of a lot of fun watching it. I can also understand people who walked away and never came back. I watched one, and it was fun. I wasn't in a place. Uh, yeah. I was in a place. Yeah, you definitely have to be in a place for it. I think I would like to see it. It's fun. I enjoy it greatly. Wow. <laughs> 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 I didn't even mean to do that. Um, so our next one is our best friendship moment of the year. It is. And this was one that I, I like struggled with because I feel like there are, there were a lot of good friendship moments and I feel like I couldn't get my research together in time to really like pick the one I cared about. So I picked low hanging fruit. Okay. And it's one that I already mentioned and that's the season eight finale of Letterkenny. But the reason that that is like, the most Michael Schur moment is because of all the friendship, <laughs> you know? Yes. I know <laughs> like, so well. It's such a friendship moment. That's also a Is it really? Yes. Oh my God. It, it's made the feel every time. It's so good. It, I mean, you already went through the whole thing. It's, it's perfect. It's definitely the right Oh, it's very good friendship. Like, all the friendship comes out of the back of the tracks. <laughs> <laughs> In a big, masculine wave of friendship. Aww. Aww. Well, that was a good one. Yeah. 
Uh, I saw something, and you know how once in a while you watch something and you're like, that's going to be the award. That's yep. what I felt watching this, which is hard to do because you've never seen it. So Uh-oh. it's going to make you require a YouTube link at some point because it's worth it. But um, the show Mythic Quest okay. on Apple TV Plus, um, they did a quarantine episode. Oh boy. And those are always dicey. I feel like I've seen enough to be able to judge a little bit, but this one was good because it's rooted in like the function of the show because it's about people who work at a video game company. So they I've never like, heard of the show. It's it's good. It's actually much better than it sounds. <laughs> I mean, it sounds interesting. Well when you get out there you go. Um, so in the quarantine episode, they end it by doing this elaborate Rube Goldberg machine across Zoom. <laughs> and in order to do this, they had to actually like film it somehow. And then <laughs> it's truly baffling. I'm gonna send you a link to the YouTube. Um, Oh, there's a vulture piece about how it's how it was made. It's incredible. It was like extremely the most high attention I've ever seen. Um, it's it's just incredible. I I can't. I just cannot for it. I'm, I mean, who does that? Basically, who was it like it? one of those situations where they like shipped everybody an iPhone and then they were like. It was the production really, really good. Why is the video unavailable? In the I got it. Oh no, I don't got it. Just kidding. No. <laughs> Give me the video. Well, I, I thought I was going to be able to get to it from this Vulture article, but I'll look for it. We'll figure it out. We'll I'm figure it out. The production values are really, really high compared to like the Parks and Rec special, for example. But um, yeah, this like twenty-person Rube Goldberg machine that they clearly had to like do in their homes is just fucking wild. That's so fun. So that was my high end finish. That's a good one. Um, my high end finish is. I wanted it to be something specific, but I didn't have time to do the research I would have needed. Mm. So it's the entire season of The Great, which is, I feel like the entire thing, like part of the fun of the show is just how elaborately decorated all the sets are. Mm. Like they're all just like insanely beautiful. Like in the way that the Outlander set designers went out of their way to make the big house like beautiful and full of saturated colors and full of these like dumb pottery barn old-timey implements yeah the great did that too except it's like appropriate tonally Mm -hmm. in the great yeah in part because it's set in like a russian palace yeah but also just because it's sort of like like they kind of have the same vibe as the mid-2000s marie antoinette movie yeah 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 Right. But also, like, weirdly contemporary. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
And so it was like, it was high-end finishes in the sense that they just made the entire set out of high-end finishes. <laughs> and it's beautiful to look at, yes. and it's fun, and it puts you in a state of mind. Mm-hmm. But I'll give you the Mythic Quest one, because that sounds appropriate for These Are Modern Times. Wow. I mean, it was very centric. The original core core. No kidding. <laughs> oh my god, how am I ever going to show this to you? It's so important. Uh, oh, anyway. anyway, thank you for giving me that way blindly. Yeah. Getting those W's. Yes. Burda. Burda. Okay. Um, it's your turn. Alright. Well, now for the ultimate i think there's like a thing that they say in actual award shows for things like this but the most important award of the night or something (laughs) yes um the best hate watch of 2020 and i'm like 95 percent sure this is going to be unanimous yeah i'm feeling pretty confident about this that the best hate watch of 2020 was Eurovision Song Contest the story of Fire Saga? Yes. <laughs> yes. We deserved this. We deserved this more yes. than anything else. Yes. Ugh. We actually we changed the rules because we specifically <laughs> wanted to be able to talk about Eurovision Song Contest. Yes. This movie is so fucking good, and I'm so grateful it exists. So grateful, and it wasn't just like the one time it was good. It's got no. legs. It lasts. It's really I almost think time. it's like gotten better every so time too. I've watched it. I think so too. I was watching it last week, I think, and and it was like the third time this month that I've watched <laughs> it, and I'm I'm still in the point of the relationship where I'm like noticing new things every time, mm-hmm. and it's just like all these little like subtle things and it's just like it's so good rachel mcadams was the other person i wanted to nominate for favorite canadian but i didn't want to jump the gun because i think it's really important that we give eurovision song contest like the holistic view yeah i think it deserves only the best only the best like especially i hope for wildest ride that made like absolute disappointment of eurovision Yes, it was. It also, I feel like the first time I watched this movie, it unfolded in such a way that was a roller coaster in and of itself. Um, yeah. Like, I almost nominated it for Wildest Ride, Favorite Canadian, <laughs> most, <laughs> most Cinematic Visual, which I felt like was cheating since it was meant for theatrical release. <laughs> I mean, Husevik is a fucking beautiful scene. Like, it's gorgeous. Um, and Time I Got Most Got. Yeah. Those were all categories yeah. it was available for because it just, the whole, like, it opens and I didn't really know what was happening. And then it goes into the plot and then it escalates. And then Husevik happens. And it's just like from yeah. start to finish. Start to finish. It also, like, really fills, like, the requirements of a hate watch in some ways. Like, it's fun. You can, like, it's in on the joke, which is not true yes. of all hate watches, but, like, it's hate watching Eurovision in a big way. 
Yes. Is there for us a for us a I don't know. There's a reason why it's part of the Holy Trinity with Mamma Mia and score a hockey musical. Correct. They're, <laughs> They're all, all in the same caliber. Mm-hmm. Well, is score a hockey musical in the same caliber? In my heart, it is. It's not of its own accord. <laughs> Only one of these is available for free on YouTube. <laughs> one of these things is not like the other, Aww. but it. But we love it the same. That's true. It took me on a similar journey. Yeah, I really thought that this movie was going to be bad. Yes. The first time I watched it, I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna be disappointed." No, it was not so good. <laughs> so good. I love it so much. Yeah. Um, there's a critic whose name I'm forgetting right now who was like all over the Eurovision beat when this movie came out this yes, summer. Yes. And he tweeted it was in response to something, but he tweeted um last week something along the lines of I honestly believe that Eurovision saved my life this summer. Yep. And <laughs> I feel the same way. Same. It's always there for me, and I love it so much. I also think it's like, it did its job as a propaganda piece to get more nerds into Eurovision. Yes. It's like a movie I can safely recommend to, like, anyone. So during... During my office shutdown times, I was alone in an office for, like, weeks five weeks with one of my coworkers, and we had no work to do and i we decided to watch a movie one day and i made her watch eurovision and she had never heard of eurovision the song contest itself and it was effective propaganda yes. she has now said that she'll watch eurovision with me next year Yay! which I is my favorite thing actually good because i, know. I will say Yes, I agree with that. Oh, it's so good. So go watch that. Go, go watch, watch that. the Eurovision Song Contest Story of Fire Saga. If you haven't yet, this is like, you gotta. This is the most important TV you missed this year. If you Ooh, it. yes. Plot twist. Um, this is a completely random thing, but somewhere in the spreadsheet in a random row is a note that just says the Kiko Award for Purity and Niceness. Oh, <laughs> Which I think is an idea we were workshopping. <laughs> I never came back to. Oh, but I just want to take this moment and award Kiko from below deck with the Kiko Award for Purity and Niceness. <laughs> I literally saw it like a second ago. <laughs> and he's the only thing I care about. Oh, oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Okay. Sorry, Did he's the only. Right? I didn't mean to. Is your excitement about Kiko? Wait, hold on. It's not coming through my headphones. Everything's wrong. Oh. Shoot. Okay, now try. Say something. Hi. 
Okay, thank God. Okay. You said you started to say something. Um. Oh, I said it's important. <sighs> you started to say Oh wow. That is exciting. But anyway, um, yeah. I wish I, I wish I could remember what you started to say about Kiko. I'm afraid oh, to touch Kiko's the only good thing about the deck. Oh yes, yes. He was the only thing I cared about. Um, I hope he gets all the jobs he could ever want. Yes. I would hire him for my job. Yeah. Because he was in the Anna. <laughs> stupid. So stupid. It was a stupid season of Below Deck. Below Deck number zero award. It was not for nice people only this season. No. Except for Kiko. Yeah. That's why he got his own. <laughs> That's why he got his own award. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, thank you for sticking with us for another delightful year of content. <laughs> And next episode, we're doing Pilot Palooza. I'm going to watch a lot of TV. We're ending 2020 and starting 2021 with new TV. New TV. Yeah. I've already achieved and watched too much of it. It's okay. Um, If you want to know what we drafted, listen to the end of last week's episode because I don't remember now. Bridgerton. <laughs> it's all about. Really, this is all just an excuse to watch Bridgerton. <laughs> oh boy. Well, if you want to tell me what you think about Bridgerton, she I needs it. She needs you to talk to her about Bridgerton. Yeah, Bridgerton. You can tweet to us at HeyWatchWithUs, or you can email us at HeyWatchWithUs@gmail.com, or you can click the contact button on HeyWatchThis.com, or you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Yay. Yay. Uh, we are also members of the Thoughtbubble Audio Network, which is a network of podcasts. You can find their shows at ThoughtbubbleFM on Twitter, ThoughtbubbleAudio.com, or you can send them emails at ThoughtbubbleAudio at gmail.com. And they're also on Patreon if you search for Thoughtbubble Audio. Supporting them helps to support us so you can keep us alive for another year to find out our favorite hey watch for to, for next year. What TV movie are we going to shoehorn in next year? What made for TV? Well, what made for cinemas released in the account? Oh my god, that's going to be a thing next year. Oh. That's fine. Well, happy 2020. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.